Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, Sunshines, and hello, Julie. Good morning, Inga. How are you today? I am doing well. Yeah, what's new? Ah, I got a pretty shirt on. That's very bright. I it's like it a lot. very bright to uh, match my brightness. Your sparkling personality. Sparkle, sparkle, <laughs> sparkle. Yes. So we have a cool thing today. So excited. We have a guest that's yes. going to be with us. And I didn't know this was happening until I you said, hey, know. be ready Thursday because this individual is coming. We got a rock and- star today. <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. <laughs> so as kind of a precursor to what's going to happen, um, we're going to be talking about some service industry stuff, but I wanted to ask you what, like, what got you into service? Gosh, you know, I actually have thought about this a lot um, because of what we do is simply service to mm-hmm. others, right? Well, it's all my mother's fault <laughs> because, <laughs> because way back when, when I was little, out in the country where we lived, about a mile or so down the road, lived our little elderly uh uh, neighbor mm-hmm. and mother was always picking her up, taking her to town, um, and, uh, for doctor's appointments, occasional groceries, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I probably on days that I was driving mom crazy, she'd go, you need to go check on Mrs. Kruger. <laughs> and I would take my bike and ride down the, um, down the highway yes. and see her and, um, stack wood or do whatever. Yeah. And, um, she was just adorable. And I did not realize that that was, actually, besides, you know, community with 4-H and all of that, Mm -hmm. where you do community service, taking care of somebody literally came because of my mother's prodding. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I can think back in my life and, um, like volunteering at Brendan house Mm -hmm. way, way, way back when, Mm -hmm. and I don't know whatever made me want to do that, but I just did. And my parents made it happen for me. And so it's always just kind of been, I don't, it just brings me joy to help other people. And then here we are today (laughs) bringing joy to each other and to all hopefully that are around us Mostly every single day, (laughs) always the joy. Yes. (laughs) Well, let's do our verse. And then I kind of want to, I don't want to speed through necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I'm so excited about where we're going. Oh yeah. We have to spend a lot of time with our special guest. <laughs> yes. Okay. So our verse of the week is actually Matthew chapter 25, and it is verses 35 through 40. And if you see a cat here, it's because Tuna cannot ever be left out of the conversation. <laughs> so she's either going to be in somebody's lap, Brody's today. Um, anyway. Okay. Matthew 25 verses 35 through 40. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Yeah. Tell me where you came up. 
Tell well, me why this one hits you. Because of our special speaker today. Because uh, Brody, who you'll all meet very soon, <laughs> has started a business here in the Flathead Valley where he saw a need to serve others. Mm-hmm. And in that, that those five um, verses right there just encompasses everything that I feel so strongly about how awesome Brody is and his crew because they're serving others. And and that's what we're supposed to do. And another thing about Brody, um, he sent me an email yesterday and down below uh, under his signature page, I believe it was, he has a quote from somebody unknown. So I don't know who that is, but it says there is no such thing as a self-made person. Someone also believed encouraged and invested in you be grateful and uh be that person for others i love that so between that verse and this saying encompasses the guy that we're going to be talking to very soon yes 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 well and i want to read you guys my um good news story it's actually not a story but it's from my daily wisdom book okay and basically the reason why this one hit me so much is because of brody and because of us and (laughs) how we're um basically all entrepreneurs and have seen something and believed enough in ourselves to go out there and try to do something with it. So basically mine just says, um, earn the right to believe in yourself. And this is a quote by Fred Van Van Vliet. Basically he says, don't be afraid to bet on yourself. Okay. Um, so Fred Van Vliet had no scholarship offers in his home state of Illinois. He went undrafted. He was seen as not athletic enough, too small and too slow. What he did have was toughness, a high IQ and a tireless work ethic. He believed Um, He never let anything or anyone interfere with his belief in himself because he knew that he had put in the work and now he's an NBA champion. Mm. So basically believe in your or belief in yourself isn't something you can just dream up it's earned you earn the right to believe in yourself by spending countless hours working to master your craft when you know you've put in the work you won't be afraid to bet on yourself and that's what i've always like seen with brody is just this confidence of um and belief in what he's doing mm-hmm. and every time we talk to him he's added something new to <laughs> to the business so and true. It's, just, it's exciting <laughs> for me to know that he's so confident in what he's doing and has that belief in himself and really what it brings to this whole area yeah um yeah, yeah. he was up against big mountains <laughs> yes big, very big big mountains big walls and <laughs> he's crushed every single one of them yes yeah so yeah. i think we will just move on to him because i'm so I excited i think let's just do it yes yes so go ahead <laughs> yes so everybody meet brody and it, it's verworn right verworn correct verworn okay <laughs> i'm like i hope i get it right <laughs> That was and, always a great name to have for telemarketers because when they butchered it, I knew it was a, a, yeah. an improper call and I, I, I would that. treat it accordingly. I, I, well, so. so what I get on the telemarketers is instead of asking for Inga Lake, they'll say, may I please speak with Igna Lake? Yeah. And I'll say, there's no Igna here. <laughs> and then it's an easy hang up, right? I'm not lying. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Funny. So Brody, you have Vitology EMS. Correct. Do you want to just start from the beginning and tell us a little bit about it? So I, uh, so my background is pre-hospital and in, uh, in, in the, in the mid nineties, I kept coming across absolutely horrible things. And (laughs) I thought, well, I need to figure out how to be of help because I'm seeing these things and I'm absolutely worthless. So I took my first, uh, advanced EMT or it was an advanced first aid course in uh, college in 1998. Well, I found out that I really could do nothing with it. And, uh, in 2000, I, became a 911 dispatcher, but I also took my first EMT basic class. Uh, I started out as an ambulance driver for Sealy Lake, which if something like that actually really didn't exist, but I was, they were in such need for help. Mm. And then uh, in 
2000, I got my EMT basic and was a volunteer down in Hamilton. And in 2003, I got my EMT intermediate. I moved up here in late 2004, uh, volunteered local, and I actually was in literal right place, right time. Became an EMT firefighter for Big Mountain Fire. Uh, in 2008, I started at the college here. And in 2010, I got my paramedic. Uh, 2017, I was I just worked full-time for Big Mountain and for Big Fork Fire uh, as a fire medic. 2018, I, or 2017, I got on with a company called uh, Best Practice Medicine and was, a, was running there. I did education for the medical education. Uh, in 2020, in different months, I stepped away from both Big Mountain and from Best Practice. Uh, ended up starting my own education business, uh, Vitology uh, Healthcare Education, and I had bought an ambulance for, uh, I was going to be a simulation lab. i it's a whole other story for another time, but it was, it was, it's, it was a very, very high-end ambulance that nobody bid on, and it was a, what do you call that, a no-reserve bid. Mm-hmm. Ended up pretty much got it gifted to me. Oh, and, nice. Uh, and I brought it out here, and somebody asked, well, you know, there's a real need for ambulance here, and there was. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, we started uh, piecing together this, uh, this dream of, of an ambulance service, and we opened up in uh, September of 2021, and it was uh, part of my one-year business plan to purchase a, a wheelchair van. But within the first 30 days, we discovered such a need for individuals that didn't necessarily need a, an ambulance, but they did need uh, transported to their, uh, to, their, to their homes or to their appointments. And so we bought a wheelchair van our first month, and... It, it continued to grow from there. <laughs> and we are just shy of our second anniversary. And we have four wheelchair vans. We have three SUVs and a car and a truck. And they run. They continually, they stay busy. And <laughs> we have... wild to me. We have a, uh, a, a station that we just uh, are opening up in Eureka, Montana right mm-hmm. now. Uh, there's, a, there's a need up there because we go up into Lincoln County quite often mm-hmm. still. Um, we have had, I've had people reach out uh, to me and just ask questions and, uh, the state of Montana, uh, got a bunch of grant funding for something called community integrated healthcare, which we ended up diving, mm-hmm. uh, full on into. And Montana, you know, in Montana, there was, uh, there was a handful of programs that did a pilot program in the late 2000 teens. And then Montana wanted to throw a little bit more money at it and say, hey, how do we make this sustainable? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was no real textbook to say, this is what CIH looked like. And I was able to actually go to a large conference and spoke with a lot of people of successful, you know, or- organizers and, and supervisors of successful CIH programs. There was a saying that came out, it was never so true, as if you've seen one CIH program, you've seen one CIH program. (laughs) So what the needs are here in Flathead Mm -hmm. County are different even from what is needed up in Lincoln County because you're more rural up there. Mm -hmm. But one of the statistics that jumped out at me that I kind of pondered upon was 3.6 million people, this is a study that was put out in 2018, 3.6 million people per year do not make their medical appointments simply because they don't have a ride. Mm -hmm. And you you think about that, you know, you, you talk about 
insurances of, of all types that have invested in a surgery. And one of our very first people lived up in Troy mm-hmm. that we commuted back and forth to make sure that she got to her appointments is that she didn't lose her foot. Mm-hmm. But it was us going up there and taking her to appointments, a specialist in Missoula, a specialist here, a specialist in Lincoln County. And she did not have the financial nor the personal or family structure that would have accommodated for her. She was a larger lady. She was wheelchair bound. And one of the very first purchases that we did, and we have purchased several more since, is something called a power stair chair. A power, it's, it's a chair you sit in that tracks drop that you can sit in and go up and down ramps and up and down stairs. Well, if you are non-weight bearing or you're an amputee, you know, you, you don't have these things. If, and if you have six, seven stairs getting into your home, it's a near impossibility. Mm-hmm. So every one of our vans has one of these. And one of the things also, too, is it's good for 350 pounds, but we also have a larger population, too. So we have, uh, have purchased a bariatric version of that chair as well. But you wouldn't think that something to get people up and down and in and out of stairs would be such a thing. But that's something we use at least a half a dozen times a week. Wow. To get I, folks in and out. I love that. And I know that um, Julie has called you, you know, a handful of times for help in situations. And I love that you, like, you're prepared. So it's never like you show up and you're like, okay, we need 15 people. We're going to lift this person and, you know, <laughs> pray to God we don't hurt our backs. That, like, you are so prepared and mm-hmm. so thoughtful about mm-hmm. everything that you've done. Mm-hmm. Every time we talk to you, you have added another piece of equipment to what what you have available. It's wild. Well, and a lot of the bariatric patients that we get are are, are is a result of them being dropped or mm-hmm. organizations not prepared or I don't want to use the term fear, but they're they're they they See. haven't been properly trained on dealing with bariatric. Yeah. One of the things that I've recently purchased is a bariatric mannequin because oftentimes when you deal with bariatrics, it's on the job training, mm-hmm. and because yeah. you don't want to make people uncomfortable, there you know questions aren't asked or you're not allowed to pause and say, hey, you know, you get a person in this situation or with this, what is something that we do? And you know, those people oftentimes those questions go by the wayside; they're unanswered. People get pushed out of the way. Um, I purchased this mannequin, and we are offering subsidized training for every organization here in the county just to say, hey, we can all do better care, mm-hmm. and let's train and prepare for it. Mm-hmm. So the mannequin should be here at the end of the month. You can make it an, an amputee. It comes into 16 parts. Um, my goodness. You put it together. You can put it together <laughs> sitting. You can put it together lying down. So say you have a situation where you need to get somebody out of a shower situation mm-hmm. or somebody out of a vehicle. You know, I can, we can go to organizations such as yours or any of the assisted living centers here, um, you know, when they have new equipment for like a Hoyer or something like that. Well, mm-hmm. I, I have seen firsthand how when they go to put the sling on where they're folding necks or mm-hmm. the limbs are incorrect. Mm-hmm. And this mannequin was made said specific so you can put them in this situation. And so people can learn, you know, at a, at a, as an, at an education pace of how do we use these things properly? And that's that's all kind of part of our mission is to, you know, it's not only for us. I mean, education and good care is not proprietary. Right. This is something that we all should be doing and all should 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 embrace to say, you know, how how can we care for those that we care for better? Mm-hmm. You know, what is, what is the best job that we can do? And so when we started it, I mean, my 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 wife, you know, and her background is X-ray CT. 
uh, she did take one of the EMT classes I put on. But as we were investing in this business, um, one of the things she said is we are going to do everything we do. We're going to do it for the right reason and the rest will take care of itself. And that has followed suit. I mean, we, we've had, and, and, it's, and it's like I put the, the, my little tag on the email. We did. I mean, we, we've invested a lot, but we've had a lot of people invest time. and The belief and, of yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we have a lot of very good relationships with discharge planners and mm-hmm. with physicians and nurses and PAs and, and folks that, you know, they know when they call us that they're going to get the best care possible. Yeah, we feel the same. That's awesome. Um, I know I've called you a couple times and said, uh, I've got a situation. And you didn't even hesitate. You just jumped right in. And then I was like, huh, I wonder if we're still going to be friends. <laughs> But but after just visiting with you, um, you know, whenever we run into each other, the stories that you have, you've found yourself in some pretty horrendous situations because, you know, people don't know what goes on behind closed doors and, and the situations we get ourselves in because we don't know how to take care of ourselves or to take care of a loved one. And sometimes we don't even know what the resources are out in the community to even where do we start? That's kind of why Inga and I are trying to do so much community education to introduce people like you because you've been here for two years, but still there's, we've got to just keep reminding people that we're here. I always laugh that people don't want to talk to Inga and I until they have to, (laughs) you know, and it's the same goes with you guys, but man, when somebody needs you, what a blessing. Well, the old ambulance saying is that we usually meet people on one of the worst days of their life. Oh yeah. And and so it's not, it's not a, it's not a good social gathering, and we mm-hmm. and and the ambulance service is, is still there. And I mean, we do we, we average about a transport a day, mm-hmm. um, but we have not only here, but we have been we have reached out. I mean, our longest transfer we did here about a month ago, and it was an individual that needed to get back. And you know, we we mm-hmm. work in touch. We went from Portland, Oregon, to Malta, Montana. That was nine hundred and twenty-five. Oh my miles. gosh! Wow. <laughs> and you know, we broke it down over two days. Uh, two different drivers, but you know, this individual needed to do his rehab here and they had no other way. Um, we take people to appointments, you know, for specialist appointments. Um, we've gone to Salt Lake city a few times. We work, uh, we go to Billings quite often, take people to other locations. Uh, but there's, and the, the people that I work with in the state have said, you could open up you could open up anywhere and you wanted in the state and be successful yeah. because there's such a need to get people to where they need to go. Um, one of the things about us is all of our drivers and my, my business model is we're all EMTs and hire. I have nurses, I have PAs, I have paramedics, EMTs. And so when, when the individuals, and one of the, one of the things that spooked me when I first started is we kept hearing about people getting curb dumped. Mm-hmm. And to, yeah. to define that would mm-hmm. be somebody would get a ride yep. from, a, from a standard ride service mm-hmm. from the hospital or from a clinic. And they would get to the hospital or the clinic and they would put those individuals on the curb and say, okay, well, you know, thanks. And they're like, well, can you help me in? Can you help me with my chair? And they're like, no, we're not, we're not uh, certified to do that. Mm-hmm. And so they were still having to call law enforcement or call fire EMS mm-hmm. to get them, you know, just a, something as simple as over the door. Yeah. And to list of what we do. I mean, I'd given you the, the, what is CIH, but a lot of the little stuff is getting somebody through the door. I mean, it doesn't sound like much until you're you left outside in the weather. Yeah. And so we've, we're able to do that. Our, our people are covered under our ambulance license mm-hmm. to, to be able to, 
And, and in the wheelchair vans, we're not providing care necessarily. I mean, we have O2. If they're on O2, that's something that we can carry. Uh, everything is, you know, run through the lawyers and run through the insurance. <laughs> like, okay, we're all above board, aren't we? Yes. Um, I have a, a wonderful medical director. Uh, we have a lot of good rapport with the state to ensure. Because once again, we're, we're kind of, I like to say we're writing history right now. You know, yeah. what what is our CIH program? Yeah. And so how we have built a transportation company built around patient care has been, I have people looking to me now and saying, okay, wow, this is, this is, you know, we can make this sustainable. You know, we have a sustainable business model where we're able to generate revenue to keep the doors open, to mm-hmm. continue to help our people, uh, our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're redefining what we do weekly. Yeah. You know, the ability and. Are you the only CIH in Montana? Oh, no, no, no. We, um, there every, and so like I say there in, in my, um, is, is you, you contact locally. You can actually go to the website. There's a couple different websites there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to chmontana.com. Okay. And it will show you where all the regional ones. I know there's some in Missoula, um, Miles City, Ennis. Uh, they're, they are all over. Okay. And we'll have this document on our show notes. So if people yeah. are listening to the podcast, they up. can check on the show notes <laughs> and get right to it. Yeah. It just seems crazy to me that um, I, I don't know how communities can do it without a CIH. Well, yeah, I mean, it's in, in the question. The question I'm continually asked is what, what, I mean, how do people do this? How do people, how did all this happen before you were here? Right. And, and, and the question is, I, you know. Well, we, honestly, when we first opened yes. Agave Home Care. Oh my gosh. Which is, it was called Rapid Response. Yeah. And we had a program with the hospital where when people were being discharged from the ER, they would call us and most generally it was me. Julie or Kevin or a combination of all three um, in the middle of the night, we would go pick people up from the emergency room, well, take them home, get them settled in. Thank you so much for that. I yeah. mean, it, it, and, and what a, what a great answer. But now, I mean, the flathead has wonderful transportation services. They, you know, they, they have the County and they have like the um, Logan has one, mm-hmm. you know, they have assist and there's all these wonderful programs out mm-hmm. there, but Eight to five, yeah, maybe right. nine to six. I'm not exactly sure on the hours, but they're limited hours. Mm-hmm. They are limited location yeah. yep. and well, limited staffing. Yeah, and I think the equipment needed is limited as well because we wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the things that you're doing. Yeah, and you know, we are 24 seven with no. I mean, and and part of the you know getting started here is I'm not in the 911 system. Mm. You know, and that was that was some some of my, some of my initial pushback was you know was the politics here. Uh, my recognition was I have limited bandwidth, and if I'm going to succeed, I'm going to put my bandwidth where I can succeed. Right. And so I, I concentrated on a lot of the, the long-distance ambulance transfers and inner facility, but I, I, I threw everything I had into the community mm-hmm. aspect of things. And so and so with that, we are 24-7 without limits. Like when I talk about Portland to Malta, that's something we can do. We get a phone call and say, hey, can you take this individual mm-hmm. from here to here? Yes, we can. Wow. So tell me this with your ambulance. Um, how does it work? So like, let's just say a normal 911 call. I call in, there's something going on. They send an ambulance. You are not getting that not at information. All. No, we are, we are completely separate from, okay. from that group. So how does the average person connect with you? So it's a 10 digit number, 406-270-6955. And we, you know, the 911 system here are, it's a, it's a great system. Uh, all the fire districts and ambulance districts here, they handle their districts fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they are all part of that system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but we do have people like for hospice that will call us and say, hey, there, there's something this morning that there's a hospice respite going on. Can you take this patient here? Mm-hmm. Or we'll get a phone call to say, um, hey, the other interface, you know, we, we need a patient transferred from hospital A to hospital B for for better care mm-hmm. or more specialized care. And okay. we'll do those things. Well, and I can't uh, but believe that what you're doing is such a help to these other agencies because they're needing to focus on the 911 call for the accident or the heart and you're helping keep the rest of the world going on non-emergent situations well and i i believe that a lot of these back to the answers of what 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 did they do before us i think a lot of them were ambulance transfers yeah and so to, to the the ability of you know we do we have contracts with some of these assisted living centers around here mm-hmm. And they'll get phone calls like, you know, hey, um, Mrs. Jones twisted her ankle here a couple days ago. We, we might want to get her seen at the ER. And says, okay, well, uh, but she's a cot transfer because right. of her because uh, of these reasons. So we may come down with an ambulance and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the areas, are, you know, especially your busier services like Whitefish and, and Calisler are totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we get the phone call of, hey, Mrs. Jones took you know, she fell down, she struck her head on the cement. Yeah. And she's on blood thinners. And we are immediately like, no, you need to call 911 for that. That's, right. a, that's, an, that's an emergent call that needs emergent. Because there's times like right now, all my people are spread out today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be a, you know, time, you know, especially with situations like that, you know, time is of the absolute essence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that, I mean, in the end, it's not a, to me, it's not territorial. It's, how do we get the best patient care in the most expeditious way possible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are times where seconds count, and there are times where, you know, hey, we can take a little bit of, you know, we can alleviate the system, we can work under our contract. And right. Meet the need that needs mm-hmm. to be met for the best patient care. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so just so everybody is aware, CIH means? Community Integrated Healthcare. Okay. And so you'll oftentimes hear it like as community paramedicine, you'll hear it as. And there's also uh, CHWs, which stands for community health care workers. And that is more of your nurses and your facilities that have a crew of individuals that go out and do the home care. Okay. And that is not us. We are, we, you know, you have to be from, from an EMT standard, you know, you have to have a, a, um, an EMT license. And then you've had to been an EMT for at least a year to do that. And so that's as part of the grant work and whatnot. But yeah, so you're at home care, working with a client or patient's physician or other providers. Examples include but not limited to infusions, mm-hmm. wound care, ostomy changes, advocacy, and instruction on the use of various equipment and devices. Yes. So for an example, so I as a paramedic can and this was this was a conversation that I had between my medical director and the state medical director is I'm not going to show up on a 911 call and say you look sick I'm going to hang this you know I'm going to hang some vancomycin here mm-hmm. it is working with them to say hey um, Mrs. Smith lives 47 miles up up the draw here or <laughs> she has a physical ailment yeah um, and she needs to come in for these types of infusions so we speak to them. It's a back and forth. Of, are you comfortable with us infusing this over an hour? And so everybody is on the same page. Sure. We will take vitals. We will do this. Um, one that sticks out was local here. One of our first infusion was 
a gentleman that had bone cancer, and he was dying. It was his time. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to do uh, an infusion of a liter of saline every other day. To move him was torturing this man. And we're all about quality of life, quality of care. Mm-hmm. And we had brought him in as part of our as part of our ambulance just because he couldn't stand or you know in a chair. And we got his infusion. We went. We talked to his doctor and said, "Hey, we offer these services. We can do these things." And he was a private pay. So, but the doctor was all about it. He wrote up an order to have Vitology come in and mm. infuse a liter of fluid. And so this man didn't, I mean, he was getting good at-home care, yeah. but we were able to do the saline until they chose to let him go. But we didn't have to needlessly torture this man to put a liter of saline in. And you didn't have any problems with the physician saying this is best for him? Oh, no, physician wrote it out. He was, yeah. he was, he was very common sense with it to, yeah. to yeah. say that this is... Uh, the only reason I ask that is because sometimes when there's a newer thing out there... Well, they, well, and, and that's, that's some of the, And I, I was talking to, to Inga about our the creation of what we did <laughs> to come in and say, hey, we're the new guys in town and we can do this for you. You're, you're, you're going to get the stink eye. you got to prove yourself. You're, you're going to get the stink eye. But we have come stink in eye. and provided good service for getting people their appointments and making yeah. sure to say, hey, we noticed this, this, and this. We've noticed. And and to be there consistently and professionally, uh, we have got in really well with a lot of these doctors and PAs and, and providers to say, you know, when we tell them, hey, we can do these other things too, we've already built that trust. We've right. built that relationship. Well, they know they can rely on you. And I think at this point, like home care, for instance, um, I feel really blessed in this community because we work really well with all the other home care agencies. I mm-hmm. think we see that there is a need, there's enough work for everybody. So we don't have to be at each other. And we all bring something a little bit different to the table. Um, so hopefully the people that you're working with see you as an asset and see the value in that not necessarily that you're a threat that you're going to take something away from them, but, and then they can rely on the service that you provide. You show up when you say you're going to show up, you bring the people there and take the best care of them that you can. Absolutely. We, uh, it's, it's been good to, to build these relationships because the more, or the the more trust that there is, the better care that we can give. Mm -hmm. Like I talked to you a little bit off camera. We, we had the individual that out of the goodness of her heart was trying to care for others, yet she was being um, exploited for lack of a better term. And we were able to, when we talked to the people and said, Hey, this is what we're witnessing. uh, They knew who we were, that we were to be trusted. And and there was a lot of action taken Mm -hmm. early and a lot of people jumped in and and it turned out to be a bit of a happy ending for all. And I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't in our job description to do animal rescue, but that's what <laughs> needed to be done. I mean, there, there was, it turned out to be 23 cats and a dog, mm. uh, but we worked with local animal shelters here, the rescue shelters. Um, we got this woman, we, we found out actually who her, her family was, who her powers of attorneys were. Um, it was a lesson for us that we need to start getting this information much more early on before <laughs> yes. you, you have medical conditions where a patient cannot speak for themselves. Yeah. And so to, to start finding out of these are the things we're going to get. If, if, if we're going to have this relationship, these are the things we're going to get from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just, just so when, when the unforeseen happens, we're better prepared for it. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> two things. When the phone rings, we never know what kind of an adventure we're going on. <laughs> and number two, um, when you're trying to serve others, 
it's just amazing how quickly you become ingrained into the families. And um, we all have a story. <laughs> and some of them are more um, uh, topsy-turvy than others. <laughs> and so it, it can be quite a ride. And I was just thinking, you need to, instead of just Vitology EMS, you need to be Vitology EMS, 23 cats and one dog. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with all of the variable things that you do, can you talk about your payment sources? So um, we have, we have several, and, and, it's, and some of it is conventional, some is unconventional. One of the things that we, we work with is, is one of our main one is Medicaid transport. Mm -hmm. And with, with Medicaid transport is, and, and sadly, like, so Medicare will not pay for a wheelchair van or an SUV transfer. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, too, is we do a little bit of a sliding scale. Uh, we did not get into this job to, I mean, we, we have our base rates. Uh, we charge base rates depending on time and day, if it's a weekend, if it's out of, out of region or whatnot. To the point where if it's too far out of region, we charge by the hour. Mm -hmm. um, we we did not get into business to take a person's last twenty dollars. Yeah. We we transported somebody once, and we and so we we asked, you know, we want to stay in business. Sure. we're not. I'm I'm not getting rich on this, but <laughs> right, we, we want to be able to. We we pay our people fair wages. Mm -hmm. um, we want to have good equipment, and we've we there's times that we ask. Well, what can you afford? Right. Um, and we've also learned, too, that if people have a little bit of, I, I, it sounds cliche, but if people have skin in the game, they are much more responsive to if they have to cancel their appointments or if something changes that we get a phone call. Yeah. Um, we try not, we, we, we try and build those relationships because it's when you travel 30 miles to get somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, we canceled. Yeah. And it happens a second time or a third time. Uh, we we kind of have a we kind of have a, two, a bit of a two strike policy, um, and we explain to them, you know, we have we will we've turned other people down for this time slot, yes. mm -hmm. or we've, you know, I had to send somebody out there. We we have fuel, we have wear and tear, we have wages, and we have all the things. So your laissez faire. Oh, I canceled. That's not a big deal. I didn't. I didn't call you guys oops yeah so we understand life happens mm -hmm. um we're we're 100 percent okay with that right we are we we try and make people you know i mean even if it's if you know i can afford ten dollars or it would have been you know it would have been me paying ten dollars to do this with my gas but you know this is what normally this is what i can afford you know we'll do that sometimes that's right. what we try and do you guys are more than fair i mean i just i I'm impressed by you all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's very obvious to us that you did not go into this business to make a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Or to get rich off of it. Because like I said before, every time we talk to you, you're, you're telling us about something new that you've invested back into your company so that it's a better thing for the community. And yeah. so, so basically you take, um, you do Medicaid transport, Medicaid do transport, we do private pay. We do, um, there's different organizations that have voucher programs. Okay. Yeah. And so there's so for like cancer patients, there's the Wings program. Mm -hmm. um, some some of the some of the places around here have a taxi voucher program. Mm -hmm. um, some of the assisted living, there is a certain amount in a person's um, Medicare that is it's paid to the facility to as, as part of the part of the um, transportation. 
Oh, okay. I didn't know it's, that. It's not necessarily of here is. So we, when we bill uh, facilities, you know, like they were, they need to take them back and forth to an appointment. Um, we just, we, we send the invoice that was billed as such. Yep. Interesting. That's good. So, but once again, we, pay, you know, we, we do a very fair rate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, ga- ga- gas prices aren't doing us any favors, but... <laughs> Well, and then what I mean, just a, a little, and I, I say this because he's been a huge savior. Um, we hired a mechanic, and we've we've we, there was two fleet management systems here that really tried to do a number on us. Not one, but two. And I mean, I am by no way a mechanic, <laughs> but I know enough when you're trying to do me dirty. Oh. And they tried to do us. They both did. They both tried oh. to do us dirty. When I had when his guy said that's a three hour thing and there's like I get a call it's like no way it's eight hours at least I call a third one it's like no it's a two and a half and then another one says nope you lost a transmission in your rig and I'm like oh transmission's only got sixty thousand miles on it I think I lost a coolant line nope no nope, it's, it's at least nine thousand dollars oh no, I went, no good. I'm gonna get a second opinion well, or a third <laughs> well and and that same blown transmission we have fifteen thousand miles on so I figured that the Money I would have got, and and it charged me four hundred and fifty dollars to to tell me that it was going to be a nine thousand yeah. dollar job. Uh. So the money that I would have been fleeced, I've reinvested in tools and whatnot into my own business. Uh, <laughs> I have an amazing mechanic. Uh, shout out to PJ that <laughs> that has that that has been such a savior. I mean, because you you start what a realizing thing to do. You start realizing how much outside wear and tear. So, I mean, I've bought, you know, for, I have a dozen vehicles now. That's yeah. that's a dozen maintenance. So I'm just going to buy barrels of oil. Yeah. I'm going to buy my oil filters in case. I'm going to buy, you know, when you start <laughs> learning these things. But it literally has saved me tens of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. once again, that I can pay fair wages with, that I can invest back into my company yeah. with. Mm. So, lesson learned. Yeah. Wow, good for you. Talk to us about your wife and how you guys, have you always had this vision together to build this out? Well... It's, if you were to ask her, this was, this is when she met, this, this wasn't on the horizon. Of like our, two minds came together seven years ago and said, let's build this company. Um, she's x-ray CT tech uh, by trade. And she's always just been my number one fan and always a very ardent supporter of everything I've done. And, but it was, it was one of those where she was going to kind of let me go with this. And then as the, from the ambulance point of things and, as the CIH started to develop, you know, take shape, and she's always been of, you know, how can I help people? I mean, she's just got the got the most beautiful heart you could ever imagine, yeah. and she saw that she could take some of her visions of helping people and put it into this, and so she's, you know, we we are we are very strong together in, in trying to do this, but her, um, you know, she she's an amazing face for the community health care of this. Well, I know that we had probably one of the last jobs that we did with you that Julie was maybe wondering if that was going to be the end of our friendship. Um, And it it was, it was tough. It was in home and it was not glamorous at all. And it was helping somebody in bed. And then 
after this had been going on for a while that you guys were doing all this work, we realized that it was your wife that was doing the care. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing that like yeah. makes us respect you guys so much is that you're, you're literally boots on the ground. You are not just sitting in an office somewhere saying, you know, you guys need to do this. You are out there doing the work. Oh, this, this was a, this was an out of pocket. I mean, this was, this was a jump off a cliff. This <laughs> was, this was, this was, this was, this was sell my motorcycle, sell the RV, uh, liquidate, um, retirement accounts, uh, sell part of my art collection, um, take out the zero interest loans for 365 days. And, uh, you know, you, you take all your money and you, you bet it on you. And oh my gosh. I love uh, that so much. That's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a exhilarating yet most exhilarating, most terrifying thing that <laughs> yes, I've ever done we, in my life. We, we relate. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and so with that, you, you know, it's a, you know, and she's and she still works her job. Oh, does I mean, she? That's the thing. She still works forty hours a week. <laughs> oh my gosh! And oh so, gosh. Wow. Well, so speaking of office, do you have like a a, a you have a central spot where you? We do. We went everybody? from a we went from a. Th- I mean, I I have my home office, which is you know for all things legal since we own the home. That's <laughs> that's where I I had a uh, when we first started doing this for my DEA license. It was. Um, well, that's, you know, we want to know where you're physically at. I said, well, physically at here, but it, this is, this is where you, you know, this is where all things should go, all things male. And he was, he was, the guy was just bent on like, well, you, you know, you need to put that down. I said, well, to be honest with you, I said, <laughs> I am not a nefarious person, but if things, if nefarious things happen, <laughs> would you rather have where I live or <laughs> what I'm renting and could pack up and disappear overnight? <laughs> Well, you got a good point. <laughs> so, so we um, we we had a thirteen hundred square foot, and then we moved down to the other end of the building. We have an amazing landlord that actually, you know, we had the vehicles going in and out of there, and it was pretty pocked up. And he uh, tried to get the county to repave it, and he wouldn't. So he actually, out of his own pocket, repaved everything in front of our. Oh my goodness! What did your wife say? Do everything for the right reason, and the rest will. Oh yeah! Oh no! That's we. Yeah. We, we live that every day. Yeah. Oh we, yeah. We, we every every day some you know just to see blessings that happen to us that oh, that it's just wild, that isn't just it? come straight forward and say you know here it is or here's some more here's some more grant money for this or here's some more money for that and, you know I mean we're and we're a, we're a, we're a private for profit company. Yeah. And so we, we don't, I mean, I, I eventually would like to have, and oh, well, one of the things that happened too is we had a, we had a nonprofit uh, cut us a really nice check. Wow. And we have the Abby Delaney Jones Fund, and half of that was for those that needed help, and half of that was for um, EMT education. That's amazing. Because that was, you know, that was her big thing, is she wanted to become an EMT, and uh, the Abby Delaney Jones Foundation was was very nice in the cut, mm. the, the check that they cut, and it, it came at a really great time. And so, it it all happened. It, uh, you know, everything everything just came into peace. You know, just just all came together. All the pieces came together. Oh, I love this. I love this. Um, is there anything else we haven't asked you that you wanted to make sure to share about what you do? Um, you know, if you have any questions, uh, give a call. Uh, we're vitalogyems.com. There's a, you can, you can go to one of the question links there, or you can give a call at 406-314-1222. Um, everything from 
you know, how is it that we can help you or maybe put you in contact with the individuals? Uh, we, we build our Rolodex daily. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you guys, we, you've, you've got calls from me before to say, hey, no. I got, got a situation here. <laughs> Um, we try not to do the the, the super in home the, the detailed in home stuff. Yeah, uh, a lot of what we do is is we we talked about getting people set up, and it's not a knock on other agencies. We get that people are short staffed. Sometimes things are overlooked. Things happen. Um, we've people donate to us, and we in turn donate back out. Um, we have. You know, we always tell people to go to the Veterans Pantry. Uh, those yep. those folks there are absolutely amazing. So mm-hmm. if you're ever in need of something, uh, Veterans Pantry folks, uh, we cannot speak highly enough of them. And I do not know what episode number it is, but we actually had Cinnamon here for one of our podcasts with they're, veterans. They're just, yeah. they're they're just amazing. amazing people. Yeah. Just, yeah. They've, yep. they've helped so many in this community. It's, that's our, that's our, uh, um, our, our, or philanthropic yes. donation of, of choice to those folks. Yes. They're just great. <laughs> I love um, it. But we have a few things, but we've had people be set up before in home, and they're like, we don't know what to do. And like for one, one was a hospice situation. Yeah. And they were very ill-equipped, and we were you know, fortunate enough that we could go in there and kind of whip things into shape. But like last night, we took a guy up to the lake house. He had... Um, seven stairs to get up mm. and we got him up there with the power chair and then he had a commode that was in a box that he had no idea how to assemble or whatnot so we assembled it and um <laughs> and the thing is from 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 a, from a pre-hospital standpoint i'm great but i i i, I have i have a handful of those that have done the cna and in the in home care work and i am just ever the student i'll just sit there like what, what can i learn what can i learn um i learned though if you don't want to clean your commode that it's always good to take your bucket and line it with a bag and then you can do your business and tie it up and throw it away so you don't have to wash the bucket i went well that's <laughs> our, our actually was it our last podcast just last week was me i'm talking about having to go in and sub a caregiver and doing a, a bed change and i am same i i have special gifts um being in the i love service to help others but man i am really i have hire people that are so much better than me in those realms and um i was hoping I was doing everything right. Cause like you, I was just like, uh, I don't do this enough to, <laughs> to feel comfortable. And, um, well, I, 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 you know, it's one of those things that I'll absolutely do it. I'll do it to the best of my yeah, ability. Exactly. You best get these of your people ability. that are absolute masters in, in fluid of what they do. And just like, well, and like, like moving patients that are, that are sore or injured or yeah. end of life. Yeah, uh, I got to teach everybody about the mega mover. I mean, everybody used to do it with sheets. I'm like, oh no, no, let the EMS guy in me. And so, I actually have a. Case. <laughs> we might need to learn about the mega mover. It sounds like it. Julie could have used it last year. I could have used the mega mover. It's a, it's a seven foot tarp with handles 360 degrees around it. It is good for 1,800 pounds. Oh. You can now. I mean, it used to be disposable, but now you can wash them. But you do it like a sheet. You roll them underneath. Yep. And we actually did a, a hospice patient last night. Uh-huh that like moving him up and in bed and whatnot. And you were able to do like, like the move was just so flawless, but you know, back in the old days of EMS, it was used a backboard. Yeah. And you know, backboards, nothing comfortable about that. (laughs) Not at all. But with, with these, with these movers, you know, they're, I, I can't, I can't tell people enough about them. I'm I'm writing it down. (laughs) Mega mover. Mega mover. I was the mega mover. I'll drop you. I'll drop you one by. I got, we, um, one of the things we do to save money is, um, we do, um, 
broken pallet sales. Okay. And one of the one of the things that we do is uh, I have a great working relationship with all my vendors, and the vendors like, "Hey, got another pallet for you," and all I have to do is pay shipping. Oh. So I literally have hundreds of thousands of gloves. Oh. I have a, a pallet full of the sandy, you know, like the alcohol sandy wipes that kill everything. Oh, yep, yep. So if you need any of those, let me know. <laughs> gloves, let me know. I got, I got, I got your back. Yeah. One, of, one of the cases that we had was where these, I mean, we had the mega movers, but we got a case of them. And I, wow. I tell people, I'm like, oh, no, no, get rid of the sheet. This is what you do. Yeah. Oh. And especially with having the handles. Like if you're yeah. setting somebody up in bed or you need to position them a little bit different or whatnot. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, 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 that's, that, that's, me, that's me coming to the you know, home care side and going, oh, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love well, it. Well, like I said earlier, uh, people do not want to talk with any of us until they have to. And so often nobody's prepared for all of a sudden not being able to help themselves or to help a loved one. And they don't know what to do. And they really, it's, it's crushing. One of the things that we try and do is because people are at their wits end. You, you said it perfectly. And you'd said something a little bit earlier on that when... You called me, and I'm like, yeah, we can take care of it. <laughs> and we, we, we try and do that for everybody. Yeah. Now, we're honest with people. We're unable to. I'm like, hold that thought. Let me see if I can find somebody who can. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly but what we do. When you, when you are able to instill people the confidence when yeah. they are at their wits end to say, yeah, we got you covered, mm-hmm. that, that's a big thing to people. And you want, you want to talk about changing somebody's mood. In a, in a very short period of time. You can literally see the weight lift off of people mm-hmm. oh. if they're struggling and, and yeah. you say, we can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll we help you. you. Yeah. We got you. Yeah, yeah. We, d- we did that just this morning where we had a family that we were not able to do specifically what needed to be done. So I reached out to another agency and I called the family and said, I am so sorry, I can't help you, but I got something for you. And just, they were thrilled. They were just so relieved to know and kind of shocked that we took the extra time to make sure that they were covered, even though it wasn't going to be our situation. But you can't just drop a person. You know, that I think is the most hopeless thing when people call and and we're, you know, maybe not able to help them for whatever reason. I cannot let somebody off the phone without saying, let me make some other phone calls. Let me try to see what else I can help you put in place. Yeah. Because I don't ever want somebody to feel hopeless. Well, and I mean, it's... I, I say this that, you know, in, in all the years I did nine one one, I never shed a tear, but I have shed a whole lot getting to know the families. When you do nine one one, you you're 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 in, you're doing what you're doing, you're done. Yes. On to the next one, on to the next one. But one of one of my most favorite calls, and I say this is a favorite because you, when you're able to help somebody, mm-hmm. was we were still really new here, and the whole politics and things were still still a pretty hot button topic, and we got a phone call from the hospital saying, hey we have a situation here where it's a hospice and she needs to go to Helena. And it was, it was in 2021 and the weather was just a trout. Oh no. Absolute blizzard out. And I went without hesitation. We got it. What? We got gotcha. you. <laughs> and so we get to call it 10 and we were on the road by two. Oh. And it was a woman, a very tragic situation, but she lived at home in Helena and we were kind of taking turns back and forth of driving. The, the husband looked at me and he told me a story. He says, he says, you guys are the answer to prayer. I looked at him. He says, oh. he says, you don't understand all the phone calls and everything we made. And then somebody mentioned you guys. And this is all it took was one phone call. And you're like, you got it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a situation. Two years ago, he says, my daughter was dying of cancer. And her, he, him and his wife had adopted lots of children over the years. Well, this is an adult child and cancer. And, and her child had just, she wanted to meet her grandbaby. 
And so her grandbaby was down in Boise. So he drove down with his daughter. She got to meet the grandbaby, and she just kept, she said, he said it was really weird that she just kept saying goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. And he said he was some miles out of Boise, and he looked over, and his daughter had died. Oh, good Lord. And he said he pulled over, and he says he was kind of shocked that I, you know, I knew that she was sick. And he said he'd, he'd called up, you know, 911 to say, hey, just let me know my daughter died. And he said a trooper pulled up and yanked her out and started doing CPR. And he was like, no, no, she's, she was scheduled. She's in, you didn't have the DNR with him. And that's, you know, talking about being prepared and whatnot. <laughs> and he said it was horrific watching his daughter, lack of, lack of a better term. I mean, he was doing his job, but he was abusing a corpse. And another trooper pulled up. He told him the situation. The other trooper got him to stop. And he was like, well, since this happened, we still got to take her to the <sighs> county coroner and whatnot. And he said it was a living hell to go through that. And he said, but I was not going to let my wife die here. I wanted her to die at home, oh. surrounded by loved ones and whatnot. And he said, so I was willing to take her in my car. And if she died on the way, I wasn't going to call anybody. So oh, no. We were going to do this at home. And so <laughs> we were able to get there. And like, I have received letters and Christmas cards from this family. something that meant a lot to them because it's a trauma before. So oh, my gosh. Wow. When you're able to help folks like that, that's... Uh, uh, I think so. Hopefully, now that's the memory he gets to hang on to, and not what happened with absolutely, the daughter. Absolutely. Oh my word! What a blessing! Wow. No, because death with dignity. I mean, you know, everybody dies, but death with dignity. That's that's the. Yeah, man, you're amazing, Brody. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Yeah, okay. yeah, Thanks yeah. For the invite. Yeah, and. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you'd be wonderful to speak with. And we just, we appreciate you so much and what you do. And we're so excited to kind of watch your journey because every day you have something new. And we're just like, how does this guy do this? <laughs> You're like the magic man to us. Really, really. We're <laughs> kind of in awe of you. Like, we are so, we are so fangirls. We are fangirls like, of you. You yeah, are. We, it's cool. It's we're, cool. Be proud. proud we're very lucky, lucky to have you in our community. And we're so thrilled that you were able to spend time with us and, is there anything else that we need to No, No, nope, reach out if you have any questions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, my word. You want to wind us down with a grandma saying, and we'll let Brody get back to his real job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually forgot to ask Brody if he had a grandma saying from his memories of... Any pieces well, of advice? Well, I, I have an old rough German grandmother, and it probably wouldn't be. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We can just give the warning now. If you don't want the rough one, just go ahead and log out. But go ahead, Brody. Share it with us. Well, and then, and not necessarily a grandma saying, but one of the, one of the, one of the reasons of life, and and that's, and and it's been for a long time, and and there's a, uh, you know, I, I always like the Gandhi saying of, uh, you know, always be the change you seek. Yeah. And, and I and I've I've always always been a fan of that, and then the other one was I, I don't know who to attribute it to except for the signs at a campground, and. I think of this as a journey through life, as, as we hike through life, of leave it a better place than what you found. Oh, yeah. And so I think if we all work toward that, it would be a better world for everyone. Yes, man. Yes. That, there's nothing. We can't follow that nope, with anything. Nope, so nope, uh, that would, peace out, a, Girl Scouts. Yes, have a great day. We are. <laughs> <laughs> the caregiven name is a registered trademark of the Veritrust Health Incorporated Company. Epoga is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrust or any of its affiliates.